Welcome to the What The Mum podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I will be your host. Every mum-to-be knows that as soon as she becomes a mum, her world will change forever. Everyone is keen to give you advice based on their own experiences. Other mums delight in sharing their horror stories so that new mums are better prepared for what might happen. The lack of sleep, feeling exhausted most of the time, living in bodies with even more wobbly bits and never having any privacy. But everyone's story is unique. Everyone's experience is personal. On this podcast, I will be sharing real stories told by mums like you and I about their experience of motherhood and how life changes when you become a mum. This podcast is about showing you that you're not alone. We may not be in the same boat, but we are experiencing a similar storm. I hope these stories will inspire you to do what you want and be who you want to be. Anything is possible if you really want it and if it is really important to you. If you want to find out more about me and who I am, check out my website, mummyandabreak.co.uk. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six awesome women who will be sharing with us their mum stories. My guest today is Karen Birchmore, who I had the pleasure of meeting quite recently, earlier this year actually. So thanks Karen for joining me today. Thanks very much for inviting me. Oh, no worries. My pleasure. So, Karen, Mm. what's it like being a mum? It is amazing. It is challenging. It is more than you could ever imagine and totally different than anybody ever tells you. (laughs) Does that sum it up? (laughs) I think that's a great summary of being a mum. Now, did you always know that you wanted to be a mum? I did. I always knew I wanted to be a mum and um, I even had my first child named in my head by the time I was 10. Snap, what 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 was the name and is it the same as your child's name? His name was Daniel, his name was Danny. Oh, that's so cute. Then I had and to find a husband whose surname <laughs> was going to go. <laughs> oh yeah, because what if you had found a man that was called, his surname was Daniel or Daniels? Yeah, ooh. Yeah, See, exactly. my brother's called Nicholas Nicolaides, so ah. that's quite normal in the Greek faith, so there yeah. you go. Just go with it, I guess. <laughs> so before you became a mum, what were your expectations of motherhood, mumming and, and everything associated with being a mum? I think that's a really interesting question. I, um, I just always knew I wanted to be a mum. And so I always assumed that I would be very natural at it. And I found it a lot more challenging than I anticipated. So so what what are those challenges? What were those challenges? So I think I thought I'd be a bit of an earth mother. Um, But then I had a child who um, didn't particularly enjoy sleeping. (laughs) And so I was very tired a lot. And uh, it turns out I'm not an earth mother at all. (laughs) <laughs> well, how would you describe your style um I've grown a lot being a mum I think mine are a lot older now so they're 14 and 16 now um I think I think accepting that everybody is different and that your kid will not do what the book says that your kid 
will do. Um, <laughs> and I'm very much a, if there's a challenge, if there's a problem, I'll go out and find out about it and work out how to fix it. There's nothing to fix about kids. They're just kids. Um, so I think that bit where he was, my first one was uh, very different to most of his um, peers and they were the only people I knew. So I had, I had Danny when I was about 29 um, and I was the eldest of, I'm sorry, the youngest of all of the people I knew. So nobody else had um, kids. So I was literally living it the first time with the mums that I met when I was pregnant. And how was that? What was that like being like the first one? Because everybody must have been like asking you questions and, and you well, haven't naturally got someone that you can go and speak to. Yeah, I didn't naturally have anybody I could go and speak to that was going through it at the same time. Obviously, I had my mum, but I, um, I parent in a very different way than she does anyway. Um, but I found it, um, I suppose, a little bit isolating in a way because my friends that I had prior to kids, who are still a lot of my friends today, um, didn't get it. They were like, what do you mean you can't just do? What do you mean you can't just go? What do you mean you're not coming out tonight? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mum. And I'm a mum of a boy who doesn't really like going to other people. So he was with me most of the time. And I, I know what it's like your children, because my daughter was very clingy when she was younger, to the point that cried if I left and it's really it's difficult because you all of a sudden you go from being independent and mm -hmm. making decisions not really thinking about anybody but yourself because there is nobody else to think about other than maybe your partner yeah. to then knowing or being aware of how your actions affect somebody else yes forever forever oh my word <laughs> forever I got a lot of um uh, sympathy for my mum because at the time when I was really struggling um so I had postnatal depression with both of mine but at the time when I was really struggling with my first one I was phoning my mum and crying and thinking in the back of my head oh she still hasn't escaped She's still my mum. She still has to do all of this stuff for me. I've now got one who, in 30 years' time, I could be still supporting in the same way. Yes, once you become a mum, that's it. You are a mum forever, as you said. So how did, how did life change, especially like you just mentioned, that you had postnatal depression? Because it's not like, okay not a mum and now a mum you've got mm. other things to deal with as well as becoming a mum yeah and I went from a corporate career where not everything is in your control but you know you have a lot of direction you know exactly what you're doing um to um being, being at the will of a little person um who who didn't, didn't like the way I did things <laughs> So it changed, I think it changed quite dramatically in, I think I lost me initially. Um, I was very aware when I went back to work, the first time somebody called me Karen instead of Danny's mum. It was, I was like, oh, I forgot. I'm, I'm a person of my own right. 
<laughs> isn't, isn't that funny? I've, I've written a blog that um, includes the fact that you do. When you become a mum, your name is erased because, I don't know, is it that the, those people, you know, I say those people, like, you know, when you take your child to, to childcare, whether it's nursery or if you go to play group and the person who's running the play group, they, they know your child and you are then just their mum. So you do, you lose. And, and then I always used to find it funny that you get, you get to know people in those groups. Yeah. If, you, if you don't make an effort, you yeah. then start calling them. Joe's mum. So the number mom. of people that you get in your phone that you're like, Sarah, so and so's mum. <laughs> they get a context that they may get a first name, but they get a context of whose child they belong to. <laughs> they, do, they do. And I, th- I want, that's a very simple thing that I think I would like to change. And it might be out of respect or whatever, but I want people to call mums by their name because I think that adds to us like losing our identity and it starts to reinforce that well you're a mum you're a mum you're a mum you're a mum and it's like well yes I am a mum I know that you don't have to keep on reminding me but actually I'm an individual first hi nice to meet you my name is Maria (laughs) (laughs) exactly but um Danny's karate instructor didn't used to call me Danny's mum he just used to call me mum oh (laughs) I don't know, is that over familiar? All of the mums, when he was talking to them, he'd just go, all right, mum. Which I was like, actually, that's a bit weird. If you're going to call me mum, at least put Danny in front of me. (laughs) I was like, do you know, I'm just trying to think, has anybody like referred to me who's not related to me? Because obviously, like my parents, I don't call them mum and dad necessarily in front of my children. They, mm. it's just, they, they're now like, well, in Greek, they're, they're yeah, yeah, Paul, was grandma and granddad. That's funny because now, like when we're all talking to each other, like my husband, I'll probably call him daddy, which is, I know is weird, but it's like we all, we're not helping ourselves because we're referring to each other as a role. Yes, but it is to kind of help your kids understand as well, though, isn't it? So there is a function in that and the fact that I will. So one of the things I noticed that my husband does was he would call himself dad or daddy when he was talking about things. And I I never talked about myself in the third person. I didn't ever call myself mummy when I was talking to my kids. But lots of people do say, oh, mummy's just going to do this for you. Or do you want mummy to tie your shoelaces or that kind of thing? I would be like, do you want me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to tie your shoelaces because you already know I'm mummy yeah but they and also there's that natural point where you know they now know the relationship they have with different people because obviously grandma and grandpa to them when they're younger unless you sort of tell them where everybody is and how and use that to allow them to relate to each other they're like well this is just another person like, so yeah like, yeah it's just a label isn't it it's yeah. just like having a yeah. name character. <laughs> exactly <Grandma. laughs> that's her name but there'll be a point won't there There'll, when we can actually stop calling so I don't I'm I might now having had this conversation with you next time I speak to my mum and dad I'm going to start calling them mum and dad because my son is six my daughter is nine they know that they're my parents they know that they're their grandparents so I think I could probably stop referring to them as yeah yeah I'm by Paul I know that seems like a really insignificant thing but no I think I call mine mum and dad and sometimes (laughs) 
yeah and I when I'm talking to my kids I will call my parents mum and dad and then sometimes I'll quantify oh that's grandma grandpa right that's who I'm talking about but not not really I don't think I think I do call them mum and dad because they know who I'm talking about yeah well yeah yeah so this is what I'm going to do now because I think my, my time has come I'm going right. to change that so it's not about me it's about you <laughs> so talk to me about some things that have been most challenging for you being a mum so I did find the lack of sleep very challenging and my eldest one did not sleep through consistently until he was about six I functioned for a very long time on a lack of sleep and <laughs> um, so that I think nobody can prepare you for um a, a challenge but one that you should expect um is that they're little people from day one mm. and they're not in your control um my two are polar opposites of each other so now as teenagers I have one rule follower and one who stretches boundaries shall we say <laughs> <laughs> that was very they nicely are, put they are completely <laughs> the opposite I have got one who manages his money exceptionally well and the other one who's never got any money they are just totally different from each other and I think learning to parent them in a way that works for them so I don't parent them both the same way which and sometimes that, can cause friction because it can feel like it's not fair. That's really interesting because we as parents want to be fair and I think we think initially I say we not like I've spoken to every single parent um we think that being fair means treating our children the same but I think you are you're you're right and if we think in like the business world when we're managing people who work for us mm. you can't manage everybody in the same way because everybody has different needs and we're trying to like get the best out of them and that's the same with our children you know we're raising them so that we can help them be the best they can be and what might work with one child isn't necessarily going to work with another so that's so tell me how have you how do you do that um I I don't think I did it right for a lot of years I think since I've um become much more aware of things like mentoring and coaching that I was doing at work and now do I have a lot more things in my toolbox so I'm much more aware of the fact that they're different and I can choose to treat them differently um I'm much more laid back than I used to be as well so I think that makes it a lot easier so if one of them comes to me with a challenge I'm not panicking and going oh my goodness I've got to solve this challenge I'm like how can we solve this challenge that again that comes with age you can't do that all the time you can with younger kids because you can make sure that they always have choice so that they're used to choice it's just you define what their choices are so that choice doesn't overwhelm them when they get a bit older so you can do that kind of thing does that answer the question <laughs> i lost track <laughs> <laughs> well so so and i'm going to keep keep going along this because obviously when we're pregnant we get given a lot of advice whether whether it is asked for or, or not so Knowing what you know now and having been through practiced being a mum, yeah. if you could go back in time and give yourself three pieces of advice, 
what would you say to yourself? Uh, my first piece of advice, which I probably did follow from pretty much near the beginning, was ask for loads of opinions and pick the one you like best. Because it, everybody's opinions are different. So pick the one you like best, the one that works for you, the one that resonates for you. And if it doesn't work, change it. You don't have to be stuck in a way of doing things. So that's number two. Um, and three is um, treat them as individuals right from the beginning. So don't expect that what works with one child will work with another child, um, which you tend to find pretty early when you try and put them both on a naughty step and you discover that you get totally different reactions from them. <laughs> Though my younger one that doesn't really care too much about rules, he used to do something naughty and take himself to the naughty step. Well, that's because, very easy to show. But it was just not enough of a consequence for him. He didn't care. He'd rather do the thing and then go and sit on the naughty step. See, children can be more clever than we give them credit for. And I think that's another thing for me. Like when I was younger, I think adults assumed that it's not that we weren't intelligent, but didn't children the credit for being able to use their brains. Yes. And it was like more a case of you do as you're told rather than I'll ask you your opinion because, yes. well, you probably don't have an opinion or if you do, it's probably not. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, whereas I can, having experienced that, like, you know, reflecting on my childhood, mm. that's definitely influenced the way I talk to my children. And don't get me wrong, there are times when, like this morning, Luca decided he wanted to push the sofas like together, mm -hmm. like really together. And mummy, why can't it be like this all the time? Uh -huh. So I said to him, because daddy and I like the sofas how they are. But why? Because it looks better. But why? I'm not answering any more questions. This is how it is. And yeah. you need to accept it. And there are just some times when actually yeah. I don't need to justify my opinion. No. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. And yeah, I think I grew up hearing a lot of because I say so. Um, which I did try very hard not to use with mine. But to try and give them a reason or a fact. A fact is because I'm grown up. And I know how to make that decision. Hmm. I have more information than you do, hmm. um, or experience, or whatever. So I would try and always give a reason. Um, but you're right. When the question about why and why and why and why <laughs> repeats itself, um, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my word! Right, and we are coming to the end of our time together but I just want to ask you I've got I've got two questions actually but the first one is what's the best piece of advice anybody has ever given you when it comes to being a mum gosh great question I think it's probably do what's right for you and them not because somebody else tells you to Really simple, really simple. And then my final question to you is, people will have been hearing you and they'll be like, oh, Karen, she sounds like a really interesting lady. And you alluded to the fact that, like me, you used to have a career 
in the corporate world. But now we're doing something that is more worthwhile. So tell us a little bit about what that is and how people can connect with you. So um, what I do now is um, I went back to the corporate world after I had my kids and then I got made redundant during COVID. Um, and when I looked back on what I had enjoyed the most about my job, it was mentoring people at work. I just didn't know you could do that as a job. So what I do now is I help other people see before they get to the point of redundancy that because I felt like a square peg in the round hole and I should have left a long time ago, but I didn't have enough self-belief and I didn't know that there were other options out there and I didn't even know how to go about looking for those other options. So what I do now is I empower other people when they're feeling a bit stuck at those career crossroads to really identify what that direction that they want to take is and then to be able to go out and do that with confidence. So mm. that's what I do. Well, there you go. And how can people connect with you? Where's the best place to sort of find you? Um, you can connect with me as um, Karen Birchmore on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Probably the easiest way. Um, I do have a website, uh, www.parity-and-confidence.com. That up very early in my business. <laughs> well, it's all right. We'll put some, um, or I, I say we, I will put some notes as yeah. part of this episode so that people can just click and go. Amazing. Easy. easy. Well, I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. And if you did, then of course, please share it with other mums. I have lots more resources for you that will help you on your journey through life. Just visit my website to access them, which is mummyonabreak.co.uk. You can also find out details about my book, Busy. Take care and see you the next time. Mm -hmm.